Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. Man, shout out to Hal Bowman. He just crushes the end of that video and tugs at my heartstrings on the end there so well. And so many awesome people in that video. And God, it gets me so fired up every time I I watch it. So my therapy is done. I'm ready. I have an awesome special guest, Carly Spina. Carly, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. This is not our first conversation. This is uh, one of many that we've had for a while. And and I'm really excited to dive in here with you today. We're talking a bit about the the work that's going on out there with our multilingual learners, um, a, a very um, specific, but also awesome group of students to work with. And I know that your background comes from there. So First of all, tell us about your work and what you're doing right now. I know you've had a bit of a, a couple of career moves and shifts along the way, but let us yeah. know. Yeah, so um, my background is serving our multilingual learners, and I've done that over the years in a few different capacities. I was an EL teacher uh, for many years, and I served across um, three grade levels. It was third, fourth, and fifth grade at the time, and um, across 65 different language groups, which was really, really cool. We had uh, students from all over the world, all over our community. Um, and then we, um, I also served as a third grade bilingual classroom teacher. Um, and it was a transitional bilingual program program in English and Spanish. And so um, that was so much fun, so exciting. I was able to learn a lot from my students and how we all use language <laughs> for a variety of purposes and audiences. Um, I was also a district-wide multilingual instructional coach for our multilingual programming. So I was serving eight schools from pre-K up through eighth grade um, and across 65 different language groups, across EL programming, bilingual programming, dual language programming, all of it. <laughs> so it was a fun role because I was everybody's teammate. Um, and I'm currently serving um, as a multilingual education specialist with the Illinois Resource Center. And so we are a nonprofit, uh, which is great. Uh, I really love that and appreciate that about us. But we, our job is really just to support teachers and leaders and administrators as they serve multilingual learners and families and programming and communities and, and all of those things. So it's been really, really fun uh, to kind of get into a lot of different schools and hear a lot of different stories and share experiences and 
like brainstorm and collaborate and dream with people. I think that's, it's the, the really, <laughs> the, probably the coolest job I've ever had. So loving it so far. <laughs> that is, sounds awesome. And I know many people are listening, but they can't see you, but you are smiling ear to ear as you're talking about your career, which I think is a sign that things are going well. And <laughs> you're underselling it a little bit too. You're also the author and you've put all this into a book. Um, recently the author of moving beyond as yeah. well so talk a little bit about that book and what's that book about for our listeners yeah so i was i'm super super excited about the book um so uh each chapter kind of takes us on this journey of ways for us to move beyond <laughs> for the students that we serve and when i first began in this field i felt like anytime i attended like a workshop or a conference or any type of professional learning I was always like hungry. Okay, how can I better serve my students and my families? And it was very much like this blanket statement of like, just add visuals. That's it. That's the Band-Aid, like fix all. Everything is good. Just add a visual onto whatever you're doing. Um, and so I was always just on this like <laughs> journey and search for myself. Of how am I going to just move beyond just adding a visual or just, you know, working on vocabulary or whatever? So um I, over the years, I've just kind of collected things that I've tried, things that I've messed up on, <laughs> moments of, you know, complete failure and moments of joy and triumph. Um, and I tried to put it all together. Um, each chapter kind of takes a different um, perspective on the role of serving multilingual learners. So there is a chapter on like academic instruction and what we can do. Um, so that chapter is called Beyond Visuals. Um, I also have a chapter on family engagement and that's called Beyond the Newsletter. <laughs> so beyond, you know, what we're doing, if we're sending like a weekly or a monthly newsletter home to families, beyond that, what else can we do to meaningfully connect with the families that we serve? Um, I also have a chapter called Beyond the School Wall. So how are we connecting with our uh, community agencies and really empowering them um, and learning about what they offer? Because as you know, as multilingual specialists and, and teachers, we have to be community connectors for those that we serve. So it's really important that we know about all of the resources that are available locally to us um, so that we can, you know, empower the families that we serve. So the book kind of takes a few different um, avenues, but it's all really centered on like, you know, helping helping ourselves in our journey to move beyond for the students that we serve. Yeah, absolutely. That is so much great stuff right there and moving beyond and and pushing to to go one step further. And you mentioned failures. You said, you know, talk a little bit about my failures. So what what's a failure that you talk about? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot. No, there can't be. <laughs> but, you know, I think when we have those moments of like, oh, man, I really did this wrong. Like there's just that good moment of like, well, how can, like, now that I know better, how can I do better? Um, so there was, there was something that I tried, something that I really felt passionate about. And it was like, I called it the college project. And I am like a very proud first generation college student. Um, I, I talk a lot about my grandfather. He just celebrated his 90th birthday. He lives in Florida. He's the sweetest old man. Um, but he had a very limited education. He never finished high school. Um, a lot of folks in my family on that side um, had similar experiences. And so um, as 
you know, <laughs> as me and my sisters were growing up, that was always the push. I'm like, college, college, college. So when I became a teacher, I was like, well, I really want to encourage my students. And I want to say like college is for them. And I really want to make sure that they know, you know, about all these opportunities that are available to them in this world. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this college project and we're going to write letters. And we wrote these like snail mail letters to colleges like in our area, but then also across the country. And we said like, hey, we're third grade bilingual students. We are incredible. We're brilliant. We're the best. Uh, tell us about your college and like what you do and what you learn about and what activities there are and um, all these things. So we sent off our questions to all these different places and they sent us all kinds of mail. And it was really, really cool and exciting. And the kids got bumper stickers and even like pencils and t-shirts. And we had this big wall of like, you know, and a map of how many states that we've heard from. And, and I was feeling really good. Like, wow, these kids feel like they've got options now. And I felt really good about it. But then I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what am I saying to the students that college is the best of the best? Like, why am I making this like the ultimate goal? Because again, as, as, a, we're, as we serve students, like we always want to encourage that lifelong learning but it doesn't have to take place in a college. It doesn't have to be a four-year university. It doesn't have to be a certain way. Everyone's journey is so different. Um, and then I also was like, well, am I saying to my students, because again, my, my parents didn't go to college. If, am I saying to my students that their parents or my parents are less than because they didn't attend a college? Um, and so I started to say, wait a minute. Okay, I need to pause this and reflect a little bit and say, okay, wait. What am I trying to teach? I'm trying to teach lifelong learning. I'm trying to teach that um, the students have a whole lot of opportunities out there and they can do and go after anything that they want. And so then I was like, all right, how am I going to invite in trade schools? Um, we talked to beauty schools. We talked about uh, military. We talked about all of these different things um, of like, again, ways to find your passion and ways to just keep learning. And so I really shifted my focus. Um, a little bit and played with a few different titles. But that is one piece that I was like, oh, I really did this wrong. And I had to kind of go back and rework it. <laughs> well, and the whole time you were pointing the, the ship forward. And yes. the students were along for the ride and were enjoying the process. And as we start something, we start it and we learn and we reflect and we make it better and enhance it. And so many educators are afraid of taking that start. So many educators are afraid of going off the script or going a little bit outside the box or bringing in something super special about themselves into the classroom or just making that connection with a student. You know, some people just build those walls, those, those limitations. And had you not started none of this would have developed for anyone. And I think that that's a, a really important part of the journey. And I think that's important because when, you know, research everywhere suggests that working with student populations like English language learners are populations that educators are found to more often than not say, I'm not going to take on that risk. I'm going to, I would prefer something else if I had the choice. And so, but I've also met, and I'm sure you've connected with in your career because I have a, a deep connection, a deep passion with teachers of immersion bilinguals. And they're some of the most passionate people I've ever met. And they're interesting people. So for me to be able to 
to dig in and, and research and, and learn a little bit further about their education experiences and why they're the ones who are in there throwing their hands in the air to to take on the the experience and your connection of growing up as who you were and your experience of being a first gen is is something that is part of your story that you were able to bring to the surface to live your why. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and like you said, it's it's scary and uncomfortable to kind of go off script a little bit and say, like, you know, I want to try this. And, you know, I kind of had an idea of where I wanted things to go, but I wasn't really sure how it would wind up. And I and I felt like, you know, part of it, I, I said earlier, was like like a failure, like, oh, I really messed this up. But it was so good, I think, to be able to say to the kids, like, wait a minute, I need to pause here and like be super upfront and like vulnerable <laughs> with the kids because they need to see us like saying and reflecting and they they need to watch us like take these steps and and kind of, you know, think things out a little bit with them um, because then it makes it makes it safe for them to do that too. Um, and it makes it safe for our colleagues to do that too. Like, I know this is what I'm doing. I'm really excited about it. I have a lot of energy around it. And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> I think I missed the mark. Let's go back and try again. Um, but it's been like, it's been really cool. I think that, like you said, this field is really on fire. I feel like there's so many different passionate, um, educators and, uh, it's, it's cool to see, you know, how they all bring in their experiences and, and really set their classrooms like up for for cool, cool opportunities for kids. Yeah. And I think that sometimes what I've learned is that sometimes people or educators will will fear going into those experiences as well, like because many people think that being a teacher of language learners is a very scripted approach a very like in the box you know like word to english word to spanish approach whereas it's this translanguaging it's a cycle it's this continuous cycle of you know listening reading speaking all of it in one and so i think that there's also something important to be said about the innovation piece and how we can still innovate and just innovate through a different lens through culture and language is such a beautiful way to do that Yes, yes, absolutely. It's been really cool to see. I think even over the last like 10 years, the research um, has changed, like the way we use language for like just daily communication. Like, you know, we we have so many different apps that we use now. That we use social media in a whole different way. And even like teaching writing has been <laughs> really flipped upside down, I think, because I for myself as, as a human, but also as a, an educator, I think of like all the different genres of writing we have, like socially construct, like having students co-construct a tweet, that's co-constructed writing. <laughs> and it's good to teach those things. And it's cool to see like, you know, we can really think outside the box now and, and really think about the ways in which we language with each other as, as adults, but also like, how are we going to equip our students to language, you know, for their variety of, of audiences and, and, you know, ideas. And like, even we've had a lot of cool conversations with students about like YouTubing. I feel like five years ago when my students would be like, oh, Mrs. Spina, when I grow up, I want to be a YouTuber. I used to say to them, no, <laughs> like that's not a real job. And I had to like, really like, oh, Carly, stop saying that it is a real job. Um, and I like started to say, okay, wait, wait, wait. Now I got to switch my messaging and say, okay, what, you know, what are you passionate about? What do you want to share with the world? 
who do you want your like intended audience to be? What's your message? What do you want to share? And like, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to do that? And all these types of things. But it's cool to see, like, even the way that we use language has changed so much over the years. Yeah. And the way that we are able to structure these learning environments around schools that are connected to communities, around schools that are connected through culture and even also the the idea of the pandemic there were so many of those questions before the pandemic about access what are we going to do how are they you know they haven't been able to to get on to a phone call they haven't been able to call the house and the pandemic for a lot of places helped really kind of cross out a lot of those borders on the way so that we could build the bridge and i yes, think that yes. that that also led to a, a great opportunity and almost like an education too for families as well. And, you know, everybody's lives just kind of required it and we rolled with it. So there's a lot of tools in that technology piece. Like it's easier to come to a conference on a, on a, on a call or a hangout than it is to actually bring, come in, bring everybody, bring the crew, you know, it's a lot harder to do that. So things like that, but, you know, you talk a lot about, you're out there in the field currently the past year. You've been working with teachers who are out there, working their tails off, working with students, working with multilinguals. What are some of the things they are doing to overcome? So I think a lot of uh, a lot of uh, educators have been feeling <laughs> like, you know, not only not only just pressure, like I feel like we've all kind of dealt with this pressure prior to the pandemic, but then <sighs> then this all happened and we've all kind of still been on this journey of recovery, I think, of like coping and and um, kind of the, the endless, um, you know, we always talk about like feeling like our plate is so full. Um, I think one, one great thing I think that I've seen kind of come out of all of this um, is that teachers, I think, are really starting to rely more on each other and more outside of their school walls. Um, because like you said, the, the pandemic really made us kind of question things and make adjustments. And, and we had no choice but to do that. So I think one really cool thing um, that I've seen that has helped a lot of educators is just the ability to connect with each other. The amount of um, Facebook groups even for like educators of multilingual learners. I think those have exploded and participation in those groups, like the engagement in those groups has gone up, gone up tremendously. And like the um, like Twitter communities and online professional learning communities, I think have really um, helped us. And, you know, for, for EL teachers or dual language or bilingual teachers, many times they are like the one <laughs> for their building or the one for their team. And so it's so easy for roles like that to feel like they're on an island. Um, so I think it's been really positive to see the ways in which educators have like, okay, we got to We got to connect with each other. We have to be able to have a community to share resources with. Um, I know that I was constantly on the phone with like neighboring school districts right at the beginning of like, okay, what food banks do you know of? And like, what are the, you know, what is the library doing to make a book accessible to, to students, you know, in this neighborhood and, and things like that. So I think it's been um, one good kind of outcome is like, we had to get really creative and connect with each other. And now that has remained, that has stayed. Um, we are having better conversations about, you know, pooling resources and sharing ideas and, um, and things like that. So I think that's been one really good outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of us being able to 
to see the work that other people are doing out there and the amount of sharing that's happening. So please continue to share people that are out there. And I think it's important to be able to to connect during these times. And, and also, you know, it's a time in our country right now where there's been an increase in immigration because jobs in many areas of the world are limited. And so on top of that, you have a lot of schools and teachers dealing with a lot of newcomers and a lot of interrupted schooling and a lot of different situations, which bring a whole nother avenue to the game for a teacher you know, whether they're monolingual, bilingual, or let's just not forget that if someone is bilingual and they speak Spanish, but they have someone in their class who speaks Urdu, well, we have a problem. So it's not always about in that situation just because you're bilingual. So the point is there's still going to be that that anxiety, that uncomfort, that unfamiliarity that is another one of those challenges that keeps popping up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I've seen schools get really creative about, you know, you know, in the beginning of the year, I feel like we all kind of go into those modes of like, we're going to, you know, teach routines and expectations and, you know, co-construct norms for learning and all these things. But then when we have students move in again throughout the school year, um, that kind of like gives us a moment of pause, like, well, wait a minute, how am I going to, you know, we're right in the middle of this unit, we're right in the middle of this novel or whatever we're doing. How do I make sure that, you know, my students who are new either to the community or to the country um, can feel connected? So I've seen a lot of schools do a lot of cool things. I've seen um, some schools kind of set up like newcomer kits, like tangible physical kits, like inside of like a shoebox size, uh, you know, Tupperware, um, where they have something like even like a bathroom card printed out, like this is like an image of the toilet. And then like, how do I say I need to use the bathroom or can I please use the bathroom? Or um, like a, a staff directory, like printable thing with all the teachers' names and photos so that they can see, okay, this is the art teacher. Okay, this is the front office staff. Like these are the people that I'll go to. And then they also set up one for families. So like, here are the library's hours and here is the local transportation schedule for like our busing and, and things like that. And here's how to obtain a library card. And if you need um, food access, like here are the, you know, the resources for local food banks in the area. So it's it's been cool to see how um, that folks have started to have good discussions as like a school. Um, how can we make sure that we're supporting uh, students and their families when they are new? Because you know, it happens, it happens throughout the entire school year. So it's, it's nice to just have something to kind of have like that go-to piece. Um, so that it just helps us feel a little bit less, um, you know, panicked <laughs> when we do have those moments throughout the year. Um, and it also helps to lower the anxiety for students and families as well. The newcomer kit or game plan that yeah. needs to be on hand. I absolutely agree with all of that. And I think, if people want to know how to start that game plan, I think they need to grab a copy of your book, Moving Beyond. And so I think that's a good plug there, you know, because I think a lot of the things you're talking about is in the book is it's simple and it's, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say simple, but there's, it's complex in many ways. But what I'm saying, it's, you got to do, it's something is better than nothing. And there's a lot of administrators out there that may not necessarily have the background of, teaching with language learners and that's okay right right and that's okay, okay. yep absolutely however understand that the needs are 
you know, are different and the needs can be adjusted within the, what we're using within the framework you're using, but you have to be aware for sure. Yes. yes you have to be ready. And, and, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll have a conversation with the team or an administrator and they'll say, you know, like, that's not my background. That's not my expertise. I don't have that endorsement on my certificate, but that's okay. Like we can still equip ourselves and each other with some good tools and again like physical toolkits or <laughs> you know that bank of strategies or even just like the mindsets um that can better serve our students so you know we we can't abdicate responsibility <laughs> just because we don't have an endorsement these all of our students belong to all of us so absolutely yeah. no absolutely no i appreciate that so we've talked a lot about some really amazing things that are happening that you, in your life that you're doing we've also talked about some great tools and tips for unlocking unlimited potential in all whom we serve. But on this show, we do a special shout out, a dedication. So we would like to dedicate this episode to Darina Sackman Abuya. Abuya. Yes, yes. Please tell us about her. Okay, so Darina is the educator with all of the energy, all of the heart, all of the passion. Um, during the pandemic, she started this online uh, YouTube series for educators. And she talked about this idea of transformational emotional intelligence. And she was like my go-to person, my go-to resource for helping myself understand and process and unpack my feelings um, so that I could be a better, <laughs> higher functioning uh, human being, mom, teacher, friend, teammate, all of these things. But um, she just has this way about her that um, makes everybody feel loved and connected and seen and heard and appreciated. And, and she is just one of those people. Anytime I hear her name or see her name, she just brings like an instant smile to my face. She is somebody you want to be connected to no matter what role you have, no matter who you're serving. Um, she is just a phenomenal human being inside and out. And she also, she not only has this heart for students and for teachers and leaders, but she has this heart for animals. She has this, like, she calls it her French. It's like a a farm ranch <laughs> on our property. And she takes care of all of these animals that have different needs and different stories. And she just loves on all of them. And she shares those stories as well. So definitely encourage everyone to follow her and check her out. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to Darina. That sounds amazing work and sounds really awesome. I love the sound of all of the things that are happening right there. So shout out to you. Keep going. And so one more thing we do on this show is we ask everybody to finish my sentence. So unlocking unlimited potential means. I think it means seeing everybody's gifts, talents, assets, skills, and inviting that into the space. So, you know, many times when we talk about our multilingual learners, there's been this like historically, you know, deficit view of like, oh, it's a language barrier, right? It's a problem to overcome. But no, our students have such strengths and gifts, and they're really linguistically talented and gifted, truly, if we're thinking about it, because they're acquiring not only all this content language, um, all this content knowledge, but also the language to accompany it. So I think that, you know, unlocking that unlimited potential really moves beyond acknowledging 
our linguistic assets, but bringing it into the space, no matter if it's a classroom, small group, um, our colleagues, linguistic skills, um, all of that, just bringing it into the space and elevating it um, rather than just admiring it, right? It's it's celebrating it and, and doing things with it. Absolutely. Using language as a resource for growth. I appreciate all of that. I appreciate the linguistic twist on it too. So that's important to remember everybody who's out there. Well, so what's next for Carly Spina? I know that you're going to be at the Teach Better Conference. Yes. Looking forward to seeing you there. Yes, I'm so excited for that. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to that. That's like my favorite, I think, conference I've ever been to is the Teach Better 19. So I'm really looking forward to this year's conference. Um, I'll also be at the WIDA conference for the first time ever. And I think that's in Kentucky in September, at the end of September. So I'm really looking forward to that because I get to see a lot of my heroes that I've never met in person before um, and hear them speak and, and just connect with, you know, everybody who serves multilingual learners. So really, really looking forward to that. And a few other conferences here and there um, this coming year, but really just looking forward to seeing folks and <laughs> being in person with folks. I think that just that vibe is is so uh i need that energy <laughs> absolutely <laughs> no i absolutely i get it and so what's the best way for everybody to stay connected with you i'm probably most active on twitter and you can find me at mrs spina's class um on twitter but um i'm also on linkedin and things like that and i'm always an email away you can email me carly m spina at gmail.com well awesome that is great appreciate you giving that out to everybody she is an awesome awesome person if you have not followed her and her journey you hear it right now grab the book grab a follow check out all the amazing things she's doing and and continue to do what you're doing my friend because it is not easy what you're doing out there and we really appreciate all the work you're doing for the students Thank you so, so much. It was so nice to be on here. Thank you very much. No problem. And to all the listeners out there, remember that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. Continue to educate with passion and purpose in everything you do.